Once upon a time when we were coloured, we wouldn't have had to remember, remember the 12th of December because we didn't have the vote, not in America or Africa or in Jamaica. We had to fight for our right to party politically. And even here in Britain, through the 60s and the 70s, in fact, right up to the 1980s, we often sat and wondered, back in them times when we were coloured, whether there was any point in going down to the polling station and putting an X where we thought was best. When all we got in return was pure heartburn, the moment they got elected, we got neglected, and till today, a lot of people don't feel no way. When it comes to elections, they bounce, because they don't feel their votes count. People just switch off to a parliament full of toffs who just don't get it. Me, Kian, believe it like that Tory Jacob Rees-Mogg, who thinks he's cleverer than the rest of us by describing the Grenfell victims as having no wisdom, no common sense, is what he said. That's why they ended up dead. Yeah, is that what he reckons? This bloke who thinks he's got so much eloquence. If it was you or I, he said, to the radio presenter Nick Ferrari, we would have ignored the fire brigade warning to stay put and got out pretty quickly. One rich white dude talking to another rich white dude in language that was disrespectful and crude, talking ill of the dearly departed with words that were so cold-hearted, it beggars belief. So, you're on the 20th floor of a raging inferno. Where are you going to run to? And it wasn't like the tenants were dialing 999 as an advice line. They were calling for help, help, SOS, save our souls. The fact that Ferrari didn't pull him up on it speaks volumes, but doesn't surprise me. One rich white dude talking to another rich white dude. What do they know about the lives we lead and what we go through? No wonder so many people say they cannot be bothered to remember, remember, the 12th of December. Could it be that that was the strategy of Jacob Rees-Mogg, who's had to issue an apology for being so crass, even his own party are embarrassed? If it was his intention to make us lose faith in politicians and dissuade poor black people from taking part in these elections, he might get a shock to the system because his comments has made black and white folks say, listen, we run things, things no run we. That's the reasoning of Operation Black Vote, which exists to try to promote the notion of one nation under a groove because nothing can stop us now. I turned to Lord Woolley to explain how, because he's the one who set it up once upon a time when we were coloured, and he was simply Simon Woolley from Leicester, trying to do his best to make a difference. This year, he became Sir Simon Woolley, a knight of the realm. A couple months later, he became Lord Woolley, a peer of the realm. But in the beginning was OBV and our civil rights movement. Oh, well, over 22 years ago, we wanted to make a change. We wanted to tackle entrenched racism young black men going in police custody, alive and well, and coming out in a body bag. 
And so we said, look, you know, for these things to change, you need power. We keep asking for justice. We keep asking to, for people to treat us reasonably, and it's not working. But power respects power. And there's two types of fundamental power. One is economical, and the other is political. It's a bit more difficult to get economic power, but political power is free. Political power you can use by just walking to the polling booth and registering your vote. And so it was my task over 23 years ago to, to see just how powerful we are, because we felt back then that we were powerless. The, the research and the data showed was really incredible. Far from being powerless, we were, we were, we are extremely powerful. We don't even know how powerful we are in any election, local election, regional election, general election. The black vote, black, African, Asian and Caribbean could decide any general election. That's how powerful we are. When we began in 1996, there were four black minority ethnic MPs in Parliament. Now there are over 50, 51. Ten You're not going to claim that, are you? You're not going well, to claim that as you're doing, are you? Well, two points, two points really. It, it's a long process uh, where you nurture talent. 10% of Westminster MPs come from Operation Black Vote schemes, such as Helen Grant, who was the first, the first conservative female uh, from African descent, uh, Clive Lewish, Marsha Decova, Marvin Rees, mm -hmm. uh, the first uh, directly elected mayor of any major city in Europe. So the first plan was to nurture talent uh, from A to Z. Uh, and the second thing was to transform the institutions, particularly the Conservative Party, who never really wanted to entertain black people. Now they see it as an absolute prerequisite to compete in the political space. You know, back in the 90s, black men would go into police custody healthy and come out dead. Uh, now, there's whole structures in place over those 20 years that mean to say, well, look, it's not perfect by any stretch, but it's so much better. But you're not going to claim that, are you? I personally, Operation Blackbird, can't claim the whole deal, but you're part of a movement. And the movement can lay claim to move in the race equality dark. No, let me tell you this. If you do nothing, you get nothing. Nothing changes. Things have changed, and we've been part of that. We, you know, we, why shouldn't we take some credit for that? We haven't been sitting on our behinds doing nothing. We've been working with political parties. We've been working with governments. We've been working on policy. The tangible evidence of mm. the change the Operation Black Vote yeah. has made mm. You're looking at those 10% of black no, of course I'm and not. Asian MPs, no, of course though, I'm aren't not. you? I'm, I'm, looking at, I'm looking at the race equality dial from 19... What is that? From what, 19, what is a race well, equality dial? Well, the race equality dial is from... It can be very bad, bad, getting better, or good. But and, what is it? What and, is it? Is it an actual dial, a clock, something, well, some well, 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 people clock say, face that you can watch and look and see how bad things are or not? Well, more or less. I mean, you can see how things are in terms of unemployment. You can see how terms are, things are in terms of housing and health and people having a voice. And, you know, look, this is a long-term project. We've been doing it for over uh, 20 years and we still work to do. I mean, the answer is to do nothing. We no, could do, we could not do nothing. But we, no, no it's, it's an option it's to do nothing. I'm not part of that. OK. Operation Black Vote, mm. it's about... Electioneering, no, isn't it? Isn't it? No, it isn't. 
Operation of Black Vote. Well, of course. So you're there to either pull out the black vote yeah. or to put in place people for black people to vote for. Of people like them, of for course. example, all these MPs that you've got into power. Why are you messing around in other areas which actually are not your concern? <laughs> completely my concern. If I was focused on voting, on registering to vote, uh, that's, a, that's a, a mundane activity. Voting is a means to an end. Voting is a vehicle for change, a powerful vehicle. And I learned from reading my books and watching what Martin Luther King did in the United States. You know, Martin Luther King wanted to tackle extreme racism. What was his first protocol? It was to go and mobilize the black votes oh, wow. to get people to register for voting. Hallelujah. You tackle inequality with power. Where is your power base? Economically, as I said, or politically? He chose the political route. We chose the political route. Actually, fast forward, both in the USA with Reverend uh, Al Sharpton and Jesse Jackson, people who you know well, and here at Operation Blackboard, we're also now focusing on the economic empowerment. Black people in Britain don't vote. Well, that's it, the majority of us don't vote, do we? No, the majority, mm. the majority of us do vote. Okay, the a substantial of amount of us don't vote. Correct. Yeah, a very different from the United States, where no. the vote was, yes it is, uh, from the civil rights movement, where the vote was taken away from them. Here, people oh, have the vote, okay, but no. they choose not to vote, okay, which no. itself is a political empowerment. The, no, it the, isn't. Of course it is. No, it isn't. How can it not be because, political empowerment to why, show that you have no let me respect? Tell you this. Well, let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. That, I mean, it is, an, it is a, an argument. It is an argument that people say, you know, if voting made a difference, they'd ban it and all that rubbish. Look, if you have a, a tool that can move the, the dial I keep talking about, you can change the world. If you have a tool that can change the world, that can give hope to your children, that can give them the education they deserve, homes they deserved, health care that they need at all. Why wouldn't you use it? Well, this is becoming and sounding more <laughs> like... No, what you're doing is sounding more like the women's movement at the beginning of the century here in the UK. That was exactly the tool that they talked about. Mm. Here, a lot of black people in Britain don't see themselves as being the parallel to the women's movement of about, Emily Pankhurst or whatever it might be. It's not a parallel to... It's, it is. It's, not, it's, it's closer so, to that than let me it just is say, to civil rights in America. Let me, let me just say, well, it, they're, they're one of the same thing. They're both using the democratic process for institutional change. And my view is, it's a tool that we have to use. There are other tools, but this is a hard, dramatic... Look, today... What is the big news all about? It's all about Brexit. It's all about Brexit. But it doesn't and concern us, does it? And the black community in Britain, it doesn't is, be left out of that And argument. what is fundamentally, what is the fundamental question about Brexit? It is the numbers. Politics is a, let me finish, let me finish, really important. Politics is a numbers game. And, of course, we're in this mess because we would say, if you're a Remainer, the numbers went against us. Numbers. It's what politics is. And we're in this most shocking situation because the numbers went against us. In politics, when you mobilise the numbers, we argue, I argue, 
good things can happen. So you're taking sides on Brexit? Of course I'm taking sides well, on Brexit. What do you mean, of course, you're taking sides? Of Operation taking Black sides. Vote, surely, should be totally objective of whatever side you're coming from. Hang on a second. You try and put Conservative MPs into Parliament as well as Labour MPs. So tell me this, You shouldn't then. be taking any tell, sides. Tell me this. When has Brexit been a party political issue? When? Well, it's not necessarily a party political ah, issue. Ah, so it's that's not necessarily it. a party political I'm in issue. politics. I'm in politics for race equality. What is the best outcome for people that look like you and I? What is the best outcome? No. I would say I would say I would vociferously argue that the best outcome for our community is to take away that xenophobic strain, hit me through, that xenophobic race hatred strain in no small measure that's driving Brexit. So I am thinking about my community. I am thinking about... Simon, you know as well as I do, a lot of those people that voted Brexit were black like you and I. Well, and they voted let me, let me just for let similar, me, similar let me just xenophobic say, reasons. Let me, just say, let me just shut down that argument from the... From well, the, from, from the if get, you can. From the, from the, no, not if I can, I will. For, and this is facts and figures. The overwhelming majority of people that look like you and I voted how do you know? Because the data's there. Well, where? Where is the data that says the overwhelming majority of black Britons voted to stay in the European well, Union? Where's the you data? Should, you should follow Operation Black Vote much more closely because you would see the data. We travelled around the country. We had those Brexit debates around the country. Let me tell you, 80% wanted to remain. And not, not least because they were afraid of that wretched xenophobic strain that genie has, be, has been unleashed. People were telling our parents after the Brexit uh, vote, you've lost now, go and F off back home. The genie was out. And we fought against it, and I'm proud we fought against it. It wasn't party political. I'm fighting for social and racial justice, and I make no apologies for that. Talking of that genie, part of the genie that uh, was unleashed after Brexit yep. was the whole Windrush scandal, Windrush generation scandal. Well, first and foremost, the Windrush scandal is a shocking scandal and should have never happened. Uh, my mother's generation, you know, I, my, my mother was that first generation that came over, uh, that I am part of that history. And to see what's happened to my parents' generation uh, fills me with the greatest sadness ever. I've worked with The Guardian, I've, worked, I've written about it, I've been quite vociferous uh, uh, about it. There's a couple of things about that. First of all, that whole movement, the anti-immigration movement, was started before the Conservatives. The Labour Party started having a, an aggressive... Indeed. So, so it was on both patches, both Labour and the Conservative. So you have a programme that says, look, we need to get uh, more immigration down. Now, when that translates to civil servants or immigration officers, they say to themselves, we can't get Europeans because they belong here. You can't get students because they've got the visas. And so this plan, this number figure that is, that is, that is driven from here, when it translates down here, you have officers saying, well, who can we get? And we were caught up, our generation we're was caught up. We're always caught up. We're always caught up. And there's no excuse for it, but I need to, we, need, we, need to, we need to explain. And so, on the other side then, why am I doing business uh, with, with a Conservative government? Well, two reasons for that. I lobbied hard 
the Labour government to have a uh, laying bare in every government department race inequality. I'm saying, look, you cannot change anything until you know how bad it is. Labour government said, no, thank you, but no thanks. Was that the government, the government of Gordon Brown? Gordon Brown. Gordon Brown. Gordon Brown. You know, yeah, nice idea, no traction, Theresa May. And uh, when she comes into power, she said, you know that idea you had, because we initially focused it on the Home Office, that idea you had for laying bare the uncomfortable truths, why don't we do it right across Whitehall? No government in the world has undergone that journey of laying bare how policy doesn't work for our people. Her mantra was, after we explained it to her, every government department, education, health, the criminal justice system, housing, should say, should lay bare and say, if you cannot explain these inequalities for our people, change the policy. So, of course, Don, I could die in a ditch and say, I'm not working with this woman because of what's happened over, over Windrush, and you wouldn't forgive me for that. But you've oh, legitimised that by working no, with her. No, I haven't. No, you've legitimised her role in that. In her role in that, on, Simon. Come on. Oh, come yeah, listen, here's the point. Hold on, hold on one second. Hold on, because I get annoyed about this. I get good, really, good. I, no, but I get really annoyed about this because the thing is, is this. You're in this ivory tower where you can be a purist. I can't be a purist. I can't why wait. Not? Well, I tell you why not. Because our communities need policies that will stop our kids getting expelled from school. But that's what the people that you have trained and tutored and weaned mm. as prospective parliamentary candidates who have been elected as MPs should be doing. That's not your job. No, it's my job too. No, 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 no. It's my job too. Of course not. It's How can my Operation job. Black it's my because, because I've just told you, our raison d'etre is to tackle race inequality. And so but we you are putting no, people in place that should be tackling that. Well, look, that's look, that's part of the criticism of Operation Black. No, of course it is. Yeah, of course it is. Of Simon, course it isn't. Simon, no, but it's ridiculous. like you. No, but you're asking. You're asking no, no. no, but every juncture, you're every juncture. You're saying unless you're perfect in everything that you no, do, no, no, no. you failed. Oh, so no, look, that so is I, not well, what I'm saying. So I nurture politicians to do the job, but that doesn't mean I'm depending on them to do everything. But what is the point of having black politicians there if they're not representing the black community? They do. What is the point? There's well, no on. point. Hang on they're a second. doing all this work and putting people in place. Hang on a second. The moment they get there, half of them forget where they came from. Well, I'm proud of people like Clive Lewis. I'm proud of people like Helen Grant and, and Marvin Rees. Marvin Rees, just last week, he hosted. This is a young black kid who came to us and said, I want to change the world. Right? Fast forward 20 years later, I'm in Bristol. He's hosting a global conference for city mayors. Mayors from all around the world descended on this young black man's place, bearing in mind the descendant of an enslaved African running a city that was built on slavery. He's now the man in charge. He has now a global vision. He has now implemented a race equality strategy that any city would be proud of. So don't tell me that my people aren't doing a good job. Now, now they're not all perfect. Some are doing better than others. But I'm not even relying on them. What can I do? What can you do, Dotton? You're doing what you can do. I'm doing what I can do. You can do it if you're doing it objectively, well, impartially, irrespective of both party. So, hang on a second. Let me just say this. So someone says to you, Mr. Wooler, you've got all these ideas about how you're going to change the world, right? All these great ideas. 
and you're always shouting, you're always saying, we want this, we want justice, we want da-da-da-da-da-da. Okay, here's a seat, write the policy, speak to the ministers, change what you think needs to be changed. What am I going to say? Thanks, but no thanks. No, no, not at all. So what am I going to say? Well, I'll tell you what, what am I going to say? What am I going to say? Let the others do it. Yeah, no, no, no. What you should say is, show me the money. That's the first thing you should say. Okay. Simon, I know. Okay, so Operation stop right Operation there. Stop right there. Stop right there. You say, show me the money. So show I, me the money, so first I, of all. So I said to Theresa May, Show me the money. Because I need credibility, I'm going to get slaughtered by my community. Of course. Because they, they will think I'm a fig leaf. Show me the money. They went away, they called me back in. Sit down. We'll show the money. £90 million to get young black men and women into jobs. Because employment is one of the key factors to whether you can survive in this world. Whether you've got a job, whether you've got a good job. Show me the money. I'm now working on trying to get that 90 million to translate to 300 million to work with those young black men who are killing each other or those that would be to get them on a different track to change their lives. This is big policy. This is serious money. That 300 million could easily be a billion pounds if we can get the FTSE 100 business. Look, we have to be big and bold. Of course, I would like money for OBV. OBV is always flat broke. I asked the community for money. It's not always forthcoming. I asked big business, but, but I'm more driven about, listen, don't wait for the money to come to my organization if you can get money from government and big business, take it, make it work for them, and transform lives. Why isn't it working here? Why is OBV scrapping around for money oh. over here? Why is it not reflective of the situation in the United know. States, where you'll get an organization like the NAACP, sure. National Association for the Advancement of Colored People, mm. and it will go to big business and say, well, hang on a second, you owe us. Right. But also, it yeah. has the community support. Sure. Crucially, mm. even sort of 50 years after it's founded, or 60 right. years after, I mean, actually 100 years, NAACP, right. since it was founded, it still right. has the community but, support. I mean, but that's the thing, but that's, that's yeah. the point about it. And the trouble is too, is that it's not like for like in terms of the uh, black middle class. The so demographic, yeah, the demographic. I get that. So there's so a burgeoning, there's a, there's, a, there's a growing black middle class, but there still isn't that rich vein of giving, giving back to the community or community organisations as there is in the States. I mean, you know, I think in part as well, because, because sometimes we're a little bit too British, you know, if you're in the States, in the African-American in in, in or in a church, they lock the doors and you say, you don't leave until you give. Uh, we're not like that. Mm. And, and maybe we need to be a bit more aggressive. But maybe, sometimes, the very people that you sponsor mm. to become MPs, mm. people like Chuka Umina, mm. I was there on the night, yeah, yeah. Obama night, as we right. call it, yeah, right. November 2008, the night when uh, President Obama got elected. You hosted right. a fantastic event. The best party him. of that. It was, it was, sir, for that night. I was there, I can testify, it was the best yeah. Obama sure. election party. Right. Ever, all right. the top MPs were there, or yeah. many of the. They had to queue up too. The, the government, you had to queue. I didn't. Thankfully, <laughs> I knew you. Just so I'm with that bloke over there. But you presented Shuka Umana mm. 
as Britain's sure. Obama. That's right. You said Britain's right. Obama. This and, is him. And this he had him. that potential. And he, he, he got elected subsequently. That's right. He got elected two yeah. years later That's in right. 2010. Threw his hat in the ring for the leadership contest sure. and then pulled it out within a week. Right. Threw his hat into the ring. Mm. I never hear him talking about Operation Black Vote. Mm. I never hear him talking as if he's a representative mm. for all of black Britain mm. in everything he does. Remember, he was business uh, or shadow business secretary, That's right. as I recall. Mm. Now, when you talk about why can't we get the black middle classes, mm. right there, I see somebody who was in a position to have advocated for that very thing. Could have done a lot more. Right. Has he been something of a letdown to you? Well, I think they all could have done a lot more, to be honest with you. I but Chuka Umanaz, was he a letdown to and, you? And, I'm not gonna, Is he a disappointment? I'm, no, I'm not going to kind of, you know, make Why not? a characterisation. Why not? No, I'm just thinking about no, your personal no, views but about I'm not, But I, I'm just not going to go down there. I mean, you know, some, some, in some instances, it takes individuals a journey before they realise who's helped them and what more they could have done. And I hope that they get that to the end of that journey sooner rather than... Well, you know they're not going to get there eventually. They're not going to get there because once they've left, right. as they say, once you've left black, you don't go back. Well, I think that's that, what they say. Well, sometimes, sometimes, you, sometimes you hit the wall and we're often there to pick you up in spite of the way that we've been treated. On the other hand, I saw you the other day at the House of Commons, uh, Diane Abbott, who didn't come through Operation Black Vote. As you no. mentioned, she was one of the original gang of four of black and Asian uh, MPs who got elected yeah, in 1987. 100%. Yes, but she's not part of Operation... She hasn't come through Actually, Operation Black Vote. No, so she hasn't, what, but, but we've had a 23-year journey. If you look on the first picture when we launched on the 16th of July 1996 in the House of Commons, and you look at that panel, you'll see Lee Jasper, Rita Patel, Andrew Polifat, and Diane Abbott. So all Labourites, essentially. Labourites. That's where you come from. I'm the roots of Operation I, Black Vote is Labour rather well, than Conservative, well, isn't it? Well, in 1996, the, the Conservative Party were not interested in the Black Vote. You don't think so? Well, they clearly There were a lot of black um, no, 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 supporters weren't. of the Conservative no, Party no, at that no, time. No, 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 no. There were, no, there were, there were councillors. Let, let, let me just say, those black councillors back that time would have said, I'm not black, I'm a, I'm a politician. So there was a big difference. Was that including the black farmer? Uh, the, the, no, no, it wasn't no, including him. He's no. a good guy. He's, okay. a, he's a solid guy. Yeah. Um, so Will Freddie Manuel Jones, yeah. by the way. For yes, 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 yes. But, but over the years, over the years, one, we've nurtured uh, young black conservatives to, and, and, and critically to have a, a greater black consciousness. Uh, the, the, the leadership have recognised that they can't win without greater diversity, so it's been driven from that. I mean, I'm, all, I'm, all I care about is, is making the change, making, making the difference. And of course, I won't sell my soul at, uh, to anybody, uh, but uh, unfortunately, it's never been in my gift to have the perfect person to work with. And so sometimes I have to compromise. So sometimes, why, why? sometimes I have to keep my eyes on the prize. And, and I'm pleased. I'm pleased with the money for, the, for getting people into work. I'm pleased with the announcement about employment that big companies will have to show the ethnic pay gaps. Uh, we've helped drive through a mental health review that writ large in that, in that review is the disproportionality to black people how they're treated in mental health. Now, when you have champions, both in the review, in Downing Street, and from myself in the disparity unit, you can make changes. You know, I have a lot of people that come to me and they say that they, uh, they want to be a politician. My first question is, why? Why do you want to become a politician? And there's a pause. 
I say, why and with whom? And they say, well, I don't care, any party. And I say, look, look really and truthfully, uh, you don't want to go to Westminster. You need to go to Big Brother because it's, it's, <laughs> it's not about... Big it, Brother being the television game show. Correct. Yeah. It's not about what you can do. It's about what you want to be. And you want to be in the spotlight. There's nothing wrong with that, is there? There's nothing wrong with that, but, the, but being in the spotlight, it shouldn't be the driver. It's not going to be the driver to close out inequality gaps. I want people like Marvin who want to say, I want to change our world. When he won, when he won in um, uh, 2014, 15, 15 mm -hmm. his first words were, I was one of the first or second people he spoke to, I think his wife was first. He rang up and he said to me, Simon, we've won. It's that type of political leader that says, So why don't you stand so, for election? To me, the question is, what can I do to make a difference? And in many respects, I can make the difference more powerful in these roles than I can be necessarily but you being... You put people in these roles, Simon. Being, you don't need to being, do it yourself. Being a backbench you? MP. So yeah. my well, view is... Bench. Who my, knows? Who knows where you'll get no, to as but, an MP? Sure. So two things on that. Why One, not Simon Woolley, Britain's Obama, the next Prime Minister of, of Britain? A question that's been asked many a time, by the way. When will we get our next, uh, our first black Prime Minister? Right. I think you wrote an article on I that, did. as I recall. I did. I, well, and, when did you say and, it would be? And, and, did, and did a piece, and did a piece, <laughs> uh, for BBC yeah. TV. Yeah, I, th I seem to David, remember that. David Howell. I seem David to remember Hale. that. So what did you say at the time? No, I said when, 20, 2030. 2030, yeah, we would yeah. get our so first we'll take, so we'll black Prime Minister. 2030, mm. 12 years' time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're being optimistic there, aren't you? No, I'm not. Being I'm optimistic. Really not. No, no, not at all. I mean, you know. Who's it going to be? Because we know who it was now, wouldn't we? Sure. It would be somebody who was in place at the moment. Mm. It was going to be 10, 12 years yeah. away. I mean, I've been very, very impressed with David Lammy recently. Yeah, yeah. But let's not rule out Marvin Rees. Mm. Uh, and, and there are other people that will come through the slipstream that are finding finding their voices, both from... So not Diane Abbott? Both, well, I think Diane Abbott will play... Will she should play, be the most senior person. Will play, will play a serious a serious role. And sometimes, mm. sometimes a bit like Reverend... Diane Abbott's a bit like Reverend Jesse Jackson. Right. He is... She, she will have had to take the, the licks, the knocks, the, the insults for somebody else to get the top seat, right. I fear. I would love her to be a Prime Minister. So if you stood for election, which party would you stand for? Well, first of all, I'll never say never. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. so Ooh, it, yeah. right now, I'm in a non-partisan role. Right, right. And, but which party and, would you so stand a, for in any case? So being in a non-partisan role, then, of course, I don't, I I don't declare. No, no, you don't declare, but so, clearly you're so more supportive of the Labour Party at the but, moment, right? But I'm not. That's where you're coming from. That's where your heart is. I, I'm so your heart is with the Labour Party I, rather than the Conservative my, Party. My heart is My heart is with social and racial justice. Yeah, that's the Labour Party, isn't it? My heart is. Or it was once upon a time. Well, my heart is. Before they started abandoning is, us and realising that <laughs> we weren't just going to simply vote for them no well, matter what. That's a good point that you make. Mm, it's, of course it's, it is. It's, it's, a very, it's a very good point that you make, and that's why having that non-partisan role, my role has been to get all the political parties yes. fighting for the black vote. At some point, you're going to have to declare your hand. If I put my hat in the ring, I'll clearly I'll declare.
See you. 